0: sex is very funny and i guess it is i i don't remember (laughs) hello everybody and welcome to the rough cut retrospective episode 156 a podcast that talks about movies television pop culture and today scorsese I'm your host, and I told you last week, I'm not fucking leaving. I'm still here, Carter Sims, and I'm joined, as always, by a man. All his life, he's wanted to be a gangster. It's Jackson Mahurin. Hello. Hey,
1: buddy. How you doing?
0: I'm talking to you. Uh, It's great, and I'm so excited. We are wa- talking Scorsese today uh, in honor of some Killers of the Flower Moon that mm-hmm. is officially out. Um, Kind of our... Our two for this week. We did a Leo episode for it. And now we're doing some Scorsese. Doing a Martin Scorsese Hall of Fame. Going through all his films and trying to get 10 movies in his Hall of Fame. It's going to be great. Jackson watched a lot of Scorsese this week. It's true. I, I watched a lot of Scorsese this week. And it's going to be a good time. Are you excited? I am so, so excited. Amazing. That's what I'd love to hear from you. But first, Jackson, tell me something, boy.
2: Tell me something.
0: Boy. Other than uh, Scorsese, what were you what were we into this week, pal?
1: Yeah, so most of my watch time, believe it or not, has been Scorsese movies, just they're because long. they're really long. <laughs> um, so. I've been kind of taking some breaks uh with some of the shows I've been watching that's kind of been re- releasing uh weekly. I haven't gotten I'm I'm thinking I'm two episodes behind now on Loki. So I've only seen the pilot of that.
0: Oh, I'm behind of season I two. Just watched the pilot today, actually. Or not that's pilot funny. the
1: first episode. But but yeah. So yeah, are you liking
0: I, it though? Yeah, of the one episode of season two. Uh yeah, Kihi Kwan is very fun. I enjoy yeah, his great. presence. Uh yeah, I literally watched that today. That's funny. Um cool. But yeah, I guess I'm behind on that too.
1: And then I've been watching Jin uh, V as well, which is like the boys spin-off college euphoria kind of uh, approach to
0: their oh, universe. It's a euphoria vibe.
1: It's yeah, it's super fun. Uh, I, I'm digging nice. it. I like the characters a lot. They're doing some cool stuff over there. And then also for the first time in a long time, I'm watching Uh, live which maybe actually i don't think i've ever done i'm watching a live season of survivor right now Mm. so we just did uh episode three no episode four and uh it's been pretty crazy i've been liking the season so far we had two quitters which sucks
0: but uh everything else has been pretty pretty fun to watch tough quitters man what are you gonna do quitters uh, amazing! Uh, I'm kind of also watching now a show live. I guess it's called uh, Special Forces. Uh, I think I talked to you about this like on a game night the other night, where it's like all these like B-list celebrities show yes, up, yes, 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 and they like train <laughs> to be in the Special Forces, things like that. Um, I'm on season two. Season one was a was a fun time, but season two has like JoJo Siwa and like Black China, like the the awesome. They're, it's getting really spare parts here of the celebrities we're getting but uh it's a lot of fun to see them kind of crack under pressure you remember tara reed you know that, that name ring a bell
1: that sounds very familiar
0: like really big in the 90s um she was on like she's on scrubs and she's in uh like this some of the sharknado movies you might know her from also but um she i don't know if she's listening but she looks terrible Um, Oh, no, she she has not aged well. She smokes like she smuggled three packs of cigarettes in and they got confiscated. So it's a lot of great stuff going on over there. Um, (laughs) She's
1: uh, in American Pie 2 and the Big Lebowski and American Pie 1, to be fair. There you Um, go.
0: So, yes, I'm enjoying that. Lauren and I are watching that. Uh, That's been a fun time. I obviously went to see Killers of the Flower Moon which I somehow we'll talk about later, obviously, but, uh, I somehow managed to get Lauren and her entire family to go with me. Not sure how Ooh. I pulled that off, but they came for three and a half hours on a Saturday afternoon. And that was fun. We sat in the Are front Are you invited
1: row. to the, to the dinner still or? Uh,
0: I hope so. Um, <laughs> but that was a fun time. I think they enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. so that was fun. Um, I, we're watching uh The Price of Glee right now also. Lauren and I are watching some weird stuff right now. It's like a documentary on like the curse of Glee and the things going on, like all the people that like died from that show and like the mm-hmm. weird behind the scenes stuff. Kind of interesting. And then finally, my only thing was, yeah, I, I started Loki today because I was like, you know what? I need to get on this. And I guess I was a little hesitant from Marvel's history as of late, but... The show's still kicking and rocking, as far as I can tell. Jonathan Majors hasn't shown up yet, so I don't know. What's, how I'm feel <laughs> I hear he happens. does soon. Uh so but yeah. We'll see how that goes. But I was gonna ask you, you haven't started the um the new Mike Flanagan show yet, have you? The fall of House of Usher? I
1: have not yet. I hear it's pretty good though. It's like based off of an Edgar Allan Poe poem, which is cool.
0: Yeah, I wanna sink my teeth into that at some point before the spooky season's up. So
1: Yeah, definitely
0: like to talk about that soon. So yeah, that's... And then, of course, I was watching a ton of Scorsese that I hadn't seen uh, uh, yet. So we'll talk about all that in a bit. But uh, shall we get into it, buddy? Let's do it. Let's move on to You're Gonna Need a Bigger Boat.
2: You're gonna need a bigger boat.
0: And today, we've done Spielberg Hall of Fames. We've done Disney Animated Hall of Fames. Today, we're building another Hall of Fame with the films of Martin Scorsese. Uh, a little background on Scorsese for those that don't know. I hope you know, or otherwise, why are you listening to this episode? But uh, a major figure in the new Hollywood era in the 60s and 70s. Uh, many accolades, uh, Academy Award, BAFTA Awards, three Emmys, a Grammy, three Golden Globes, two DGA Awards. Uh, he had an uh, I It's funny because he was honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award in 1997 and has still been kicking for like (laughs) two more decades. (laughs) Needs another one. (laughs) Hilarious when that happens. Um, Has a Kennedy Center Honor, a Cecil B. DeMille Award, BAFTA Fellowship. Five of his films have been inducted into the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. Culturally, historically, aesthetically significant films and quite the man. Um, Jackson, I don't know your relationship prior to this week with Scorsese, but What were, what were your Scorsese vibes? Like, had you just seen like the ones that everyone has seen, or were you just like a recent Scorsese man, like in terms of chronology or, or what, 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 what say you about Scorsese?
1: It's actually kind of interesting. I think, so I was not a big Scorsese guy growing up. I did Mm -hmm. not watch his movies. Like they were not talked about in our house. Uh, And I think the first time I saw the first couple times I saw Scorsese, it it was me not knowing who he was. Like, I'd been aware of him, but I didn't know I was watching a Scorsese movie. So I weirdly think my first experience with Scorsese was seeing Hugo in theaters. Weird. <laughs> which is super weird. Uh, when did that even come out? 2011. Like 2011, yeah. Yep. That was my first Scorsese. I would have been 13 uh, in the theaters. Super uh, strange.
0: Because like, Yeah. We'll talk about it later, but that one feels so, like in another plane to other mm-hmm. Scorsese movies. We'll talk about that later, but yeah. Okay. Great. Entry um, point. <laughs> so that
1: was my first, my first approach. Then in high school, I saw the Wolf of wall street with everybody else. Sure. Um, and I think that was like my first, like real um, understanding of, of who the guy is and, and yeah. what he does. And then uh, the only other one I had seen before this past couple of weeks was shutter Island. And that was like last year banger. Um and I think at the time I didn't even realize I was watching a Scorsese movie. It was just after the fact. I was like, "Oh, cool." Um so yeah, I've watched like a bunch more this week. So I am kind of now fully well-rounded in a lot of the stuff. Um yeah, he's an interesting guy. He he likes to to, to do um you know, the, the he's kind of the king of the uh the crime movie, right? Like it, like the gangster movie. This is kind of his niche. He, has, he loves his certain actors. He loves De Niro popping in and out. Oh, yeah. Um, he loves Leo, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> he loves narration. The guy loves narration.
0: Oh, yeah. He loves <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, it's cool. He kind of he does some more of the narration kind of style in Killers of the Flower Moon, too. So he's still mm-hmm. got his, his old tricks. But I, I'm still amazed at like the newness he brings to some of his mm-hmm. movies. Uh, as you said, yeah, he's probably known for like The gangster niche that he's kind of carved out but like expounding on that it it's kind of like kind of his bag for a little bit and you can probably tell this from the movies you've seen this week was like masculine posturing men Mm -hmm. who are like come off as machismo but are just kind of like failures and like Mm -hmm. kind of like i don't know it deals with the psyche and like the nihilism of like what is it really to be a man in in america and he's been doing that for for 50 years obviously exploring the crime aspect too very political politically minded um religiously conscious as well in a lot of his movies Mm -hmm. that comes to play time and time again as well and it's weird it's like his movies have something to say while also being entertaining i would have been shocked if like as a kid you were talking about scorsese um because i mean as if you compare him to like another contemporary of his time like Spielberg, who's making completely different movies, yeah. type of movies, like popcorn movies. Scorsese was making entertaining movies, but definitely not popcorn movies mm-hmm. by by any stretch of the mind. And I feel like a lot of people now might know him sadly, maybe just for like his comments on like superhero movies and Marvel MCU movies. stuff. <laughs> um, which has aged tremendously, I'll say, mm-hmm. um, his comments on that like a couple of years ago. Um but yeah, definitely one of the stronger proponents for like, you know, true cinema and often in the news for, I don't want to say belittling other forms, but saying like, here's what movies are, you know, he's like the Harry style meme, but like actually has substance around it. Like mm-hmm. it's a movie, you know? So I think definitely a director who's set the stage for like many working today also is definitely a part of that as well. Like the Coen brothers, Bong mm-hmm. Joon-ho, Tarantino. Yeah. The Safties, things like that. So, it is so
1: funny those like comments kind of resurfacing again around this movie that of his like new real cinema movie that's getting really good reviews and everyone's really liking, mixed with like nobody really being into like the Marvel Cinematic Universe as much. Like it's definitely on like the downfall.
0: um, He won and his, yeah, King. (laughs) Yeah, he's still standing, baby. Look at him go. And he's still, (laughs) I mean, when we say still standing, I mean he's still got movies planned. Like he still wants to keep going. He's mm-hmm. over, over eighty years old now. He's in that age range, and he's he's still and he's cooking. on
1: TikTok with his daughter.
0: And, yeah, oh that's, man, those that's are great. great too. He like really knows. Early, I mean, maybe his daughter's helping him out, but he knows how to get in with the with the the zeitgeist of what's mm-hmm. going on. And he's definitely yeah. been campaigning in light of the 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 SAG strike and everything. So he's been mm-hmm. on the on the campaign trail, kind of rooting for his movie right now. So yeah, he's definitely has a trademark style. Lots of slow-mo, some freeze frames, lots freeze of violence. frames.
1: Definitely freeze frames. I mm-hmm. feel like he's like kind of drifted away from like obscene violence in like his later stuff, but like it, he was super violent in like a lot of his earlier
0: stuff too. I will say killers is pretty violent at times. Brilliant. Okay. um, But you're right. I think he's becoming a little more conscious of that mm-hmm. and is really trying something new in killers, I would say. Um like it's 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 Scorsese, but it has all the things you love about him, but he also kind of twists what you would expect from him. Yeah. Kind of on its head. So he's still got this old dog still got some new tricks in him, which is which is really fun. <laughs> so yeah. Uh as mentioned, we're gonna dive into the films of Scorsese as well and kind of talk about each one and see if it belongs in the Hall of Fame. Um or if it's like let's not lock this right now, but we'll keep it you know, mm-hmm. on the side, like maybe like a yellow or something, like not a full green, but we'll have a maybe column and then maybe go back and see if we have spots to put it in. But, but yeah. Um, do you have any other comments on Scorsese before we kind of dig into the meat and potatoes of his filmography?
1: Uh, yeah, I do have one more comment. I guess technically my first exposure to Scorsese was Shark Tail. Um, <laughs> and I don't love that, but you know, it is what it is.
0: Um, I didn't. I failed to put that on the list of movies we talk about today, but very crucial that him and Robert De Niro are indeed in Shark Tale. Definitely Mm -hmm. a comment on that. So that's fun. Uh, Maybe you have a greater appreciation for Shark Tale, knowing that like Scorsese and De Niro and their relationship. I don't know. Who's to say? They definitely Um,
1: homage a Goodfellas bit. So yeah, that's cool. I guess.
0: Boy, do they! And I mean, they're on screen. (laughs) Like Scorsese, also. I guess it. We should mention he's kind of has a Hitchcockian way about him. He likes to put himself in his movies every once mm-hmm. in a while. He throws himself in there. Taxi driver is probably the most uh, fun one and most prominent mm-hmm. one. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that later. But before we dig into like his narrative features, Jackson, I just want to mention some of the other things that he's done. Just like as honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to start with Scorsese music videos. Um, I
1: noticed he does like a lot of like Bob Dylan stuff in his, yeah. his, in his filmography.
0: Yeah. So the Bob Dylan stuff. So he does a lot of music videos, lots of short mm-hmm. films starting out, and then a t- over 20 documentaries. My man hustles with the documentaries, and a lot of them are Bob Dylan docs, like multiple mm-hmm. Bob Dylan documentaries. So he loves him. Um, I have to give an honorable mention to did you ever watch the Michael Jackson music video bad, the bad music video
1: yeah i've seen yeah the music video. okay he did that's, that music that's video?
0: scorsese which oh is wow like, okay which you look back and you're like oh like a gang street warfare yeah that makes sense thing. makes yeah. sense <laughs> um so yeah he did that and did some uh some music videos as well for uh the band robbie robertson who mm. is his frequent um uh, music uh director composer for his films uh going forward which is fun uh so i have to give an audible mention to uh Bad music video because I definitely watched that and I didn't realize that it was Scorsese when I watched it a long time ago. A bunch of short films before he got started, and here's where I'm going to start off with like a fire Jackson because I'm diving into the documentaries and I think that I need to put we need to put one maybe in the Hall of Fame because he's had so many and I think we need to be Mm -hmm. uh, cognizant of that so. The one I'm nominating, Let me first just say, multiple Bob Dylan docs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really has,
1: need to check those out because he's like one of my favorite artists. So
0: yeah, and there's a, a t- like I think he, the la- latest one he did was like in 2021. So like he's still there's still stuff to say about <laughs> Bob Dylan all this yeah. time later. So a lot of those, like he did a documentary on the Statue of Liberty, on Fran Lebowitz, George Harrison. But the one I'm gonna put up for nomination, we can we can mark it as a lock. We can put it in the maybe but I'm going to advocate for it. It's called the last waltz. Mm, And this is kind of, I think in the zeitgeist, people fight over what is the better like concert film documentary, this or stop making sense. The the talking heads one that was just Mm -hmm. re-released by a 24. This is just essentially um, the final concert of the band, which is, as I mentioned earlier, Robbie Robertson and, and things like that, who sang a lot of uh, classic kind of contemporary rock songs that you'll probably know if you went and go listen to them. Uh, Take a Load Off. Fanny is one of my faves there up on Cripple Creek. Lots of great songs. Um, And this concert film is just like the film, the concert, but then like people show up like uh like van morrison shows up and like all of these guest stars joni mitchell shows up bob dylan shows up and Mm -hmm. performs so it's just a really cool concert film and just really compelling and it's really strong so i'm at least want to put it in the maybe
1: i i'm so okay with that yeah i i definitely think that's a huge part of his career and should be honored in our top 10
0: beautiful then let's just let's just throw it in let's be bold and and put it in there and we can you know we can discuss later if it deserves but i think it is i think there needs to be one in there because he's made so many and definitely Mm -hmm. has an affinity for doing that so thank you i appreciate that and now we can we can dive in um 1967 is his first feature film called uh who's that knocking at my door Uh, Have you seen this film? I have not.
1: I have not. (laughs)
0: Uh, I tried to find it to check it out this week, but it was really hard to find, I guess, for good reason. But uh, yeah, it's basically it's it's Harvey Keitel, who will come to work with many times uh, in the future. But it's about a Catholic guy who falls in love with a girl and wants to marry her, but he struggles to accept her past and what it means for their future. So. Definitely digging into the religious aspects and religious tones that and religious guilt that comes back time and time again going forward. But I think safe to say not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, um no. I think that there will be earlier ones that will be like, yeah, that needs to be his like the early one to go in the Hall of Fame. So I think that's a no. And then we can move on to uh 1970. Well, I'm gonna mention in 1970 first that. He is uncredited on a movie called The Honeymoon Killers that he did a week of work on. So shout out to that. A (laughs) hustler. Not in the Hall of Fame. Boxcar Bertha 1972. Not a terribly well-made movie, but I watched it for the first time this week and it kind of has all of the components that would come to be in like it's almost the blueprint Not quite the blueprint that comes a couple of years later, Mm -hmm. but it has all the components that Scorsese would come to like fine tune later. It has this like anti-hero persona spanning several years, violence, this like Christian iconography. So interesting to see like, you know, where it's all starting, but Mm -hmm. I don't think again, not in the hall of fame, Uh, but stars Barbara Hershey of Hoosiers fame. Shout out Barbara Hershey.
1: Shout out Hoosiers.
0: Shout out. Hoosiers, yours? Um, so not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, 1973 Mean Streets, which is his first collab with Robert De Niro, uh, Harvey Keitel back and kind of some would probably say this is the blueprint of what Scorsese is known for um, kind of a wannabe gangster who wants to work his way up, which I think he comes to fine tune better in, in, in Goodfellas, really. I think it's not a it's not perfect, but definitely lays the groundwork of what's to come. Mm-hmm. So there could be an argument for it, like maybe it's maybe it's in the maybe. But I don't know. What do you What do you? Th- I mean, you haven't seen it, so maybe you like. Ah, I don't know. I'll go. By no, it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> I'll um, I'll put it in the maybe. Just for a oh, first. All second. right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not going to make it in, but um, I want to put it in the maybe because it is kind of De Niro cooking for the first time with him. Um, 1974, uh, we get to Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, which is one I watched for the first time uh, mm-hmm. this week. And kind of cool because it's like truly a strong female lead at the center. Um, it's Ellen Burstyn coming hot off The Exorcist, her first role post The Exorcist. Oh, cool uh she wins the oscar for this movie actually which is kind of cool and it's cool cuz it's it's about kind of this widowed mom who is trying just to to take care of her kid and like she wants to be a singer but due to the circumstances kind of has to become a waitress and it's kind of the first time we see him exploring like the death of the american dream but from like the woman's perspective which is mm-hmm. kind of an interesting angle uh, he returns to that time and time again, how the American dream kind of gets twisted when the, the reality sets in, even if your American dream is to be a gangster, which we'll come to later. But I think it's a, it's definitely a different path for him, but I think it probably is on the outside looking in. But I do like this movie and it is quite funny also. So I would recommend it. It's on HBO. Uh, Check it out.
1: Yeah. Something I noticed with Scorsese movies is it's hard to find them on streaming services.
0: Yeah. I yeah. think um I think the the big ones you could probably find but like the the lesser known ones are, are hard to find because they're mm-hmm. kind of lost of time and you wouldn't think that there's Scorsese movies really. Yeah. Um but uh so it just kind of shows that he's more than just kind of the gangster movie, which is mm-hmm. probably what people think he is. Um I think we're going to get into our first territory of another lock, which is Taxi Driver 1976. Uh you watched this one this week today today fresh yeah. fresh <laughs> eyes fresh. on it what do you what yeah. do you feel about it
1: um i definitely see the appeal i definitely see the inspiration uh or just the entire blueprint i guess uh for the what's joker movie
0: yeah <laughs>
1: um and for what's to come absolutely like um he loves a gritty new york he loves this irish commentary of I don't know just kind of being like this this guy and finding yourself and and De Niro is really fun in this I think I don't think this is my favorite De Niro performance underneath the Scorsese umbrella per Mm -hmm. se um and I get why people love it it's not my favorite yeah um people tend to put it in like the number one or number two spot I feel like for a lot of his stuff Mm -hmm. and I I get it I think it I think 100% 100% think this movie belongs in the top 10, but it's just not my favorite of the movies that I've checked out this week.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I hope that people don't see it in a, in a stranger light because of like they have seen Joker first and <laughs> then they go see Taxi Driver.
1: It's and... it's it's not distracting in the sense of like, I don't know, like I, I was able to, this is obviously better than the Joker. Like it, it's, which is a stupid <laughs> conversation to even so, have to but... say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You have to, it is is kind of interesting, like coming from, and this is like, you can get this with a ton of stuff. Like ghost in the shell is like directly inspired from, uh, you know, blade runner. So like, there's like, there's some cool inspirations you can get from watching one thing and then checking out the original source and kind of seeing the parallels and where they draw from. And it's basically (laughs) a complete ripoff of taxi driver. Um, (laughs) so yeah
0: yeah it's uh it's definitely something it's definitely a mixture of another scorsese movie we'll yeah. get to um which is will be an interesting conversation but but yeah i guess this is yeah just like the portrayal of just like the loner on the outskirts of society mm-hmm. which definitely creates or at least popularizes an archetype that would would come time and time again later but i would say this deservedly is in the hall of fame um mm-hmm. has stood yeah. the test of time for sure and is clearly still inspiring filmmakers today so Taxi Driver is definitely a lock. Um, A year later, New York, New York, nineteen seventy-seven. This was a weird one. I watched this one this week. It's like Scorsese doing like a modern, like a golden age movie musical. Like it's De Niro learns to play the sax for the movie, and it's Liza Minnelli. Okay, it's like, it's like almost it's like a two and a half hour long movie. And it's it takes place around like right when uh, World War Two ends mm-hmm. and it's essentially the saxophone player De Niro meets this young singer and they embark on like an odyssey of like strained rocky romance as their careers begin. It's kind of like a Stars born kind of vibe like their, be- mm-hmm. their careers begin to like do a long uphill climb and some are better than others. Um, So we've seen that time and time again It's interesting because it's like De Niro's take on a Movie musical because it's like kind of gritty And it's mm-hmm. really dark in some places And fun but I don't Think anyone even realizes this exists But um, I, I would say it's not in the Hall of Fame So sorry to New York, New York Goodbye um, But then we get the fourth Collab with De Niro in 1980 With Raging Bull and you watch this one this week. Also,
1: I watched this one yesterday. Um, I think this might be my favorite De Niro performance out of all of the Scorsese stuff. Uh, nice. Maybe just favorite De Niro performance. Uh, When's
0: the Oscar for it? So yeah, yeah, he's,
1: Oh man, it's, it's one of the more, more compelling uh, sports movies out there. Like this is a crazy boxing movie. The cinematography and like the fight choreography and the camera movement inside the ring and yeah, oh man, like all that stuff was amazing to watch. There, I know that like I know after the fact that a lot of these characters are based on real people. I is this person like a real
0: guy? Jake La- yeah, Jake Lamada. Yeah, is a okay. Is it Jake Lamada? Something Lamada? Is it Jake? Uh, but yeah, he is a, he um, is yeah, a Jake real guy. Lomata, Yeah, yeah,
1: okay, because like, <laughs> and th- this is like a problem with maybe. I don't know I feel like I always have like one major nitpick that's also like not really that big of a deal but like the ending of Raging Bull is such a it takes such a weird turn
0: when when he becomes a stand-up comedian yeah (laughs) well
1: there's that and there's also like (laughs) the fact that like he went to jail for like being with a 14 year old and like oh yeah
0: it's it's really hard movie to rewatch I'll say yeah but you can't deny it's
1: power for sure Mm -hmm. yeah totally but, and, like, but, the, yeah. the motif of, like, this guy who is called an animal his entire life is thrown into jail, and mm. I think that's really cool. If you want to end it like that, that makes sense. I think it's really weird that, like, we, we then see him outside of jail as, like, this comedian who's back again, kind of, and, like, just, I don't know, it, it's very odd. I guess he's not really back. He's, like, in, like, a really shitty bar, but... And then it's like just, the, reu- the reunion like, with his brother and yeah. stuff like that. too. I don't know. This is also my favorite Joe Pesci performance. I think, I think he is really? so good. And he is good Holt.
0: in this. Yeah. He's
1: really fun. And he plays such a psychopath and like the other ones. It's nice to
0: see him a little more level headed.
1: Yeah. Like this, <laughs> like the, yeah, the voice of reason uh, in the movie, which is cool. Well,
0: it sounds like it's a lock then. Uh, oh, for, totally. For yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would agree. Um, and again kind of dealing with that that masculinity idea and like mm-hmm. what it actually He's, means
1: his body transformation is also insane
0: in this movie he is oh, so yeah.
1: ripped and then i is it pressed did they do like makeup for him or does he actually gain like that weight because it's f- like so weird
0: i feel like in that time that maybe he did it uh mm-hmm. oh oh like the post. at the very end oh that might be prosthetics okay but I, I, I i don't know i would have to fact check that but I feel like, given the time, that maybe that would probably have been prosthetics. But what do I know? Hey, gang, Carter from the future. Um, actually, Robert De Niro, uh, got lean and mean as boxing champion Jake LaMotta, but by the movie's end, De Niro gained sixty pounds to play uh, LaMotta in his latter career. So, there's an edit. Body shifting man has come a long way. So it was
1: know. funny though the whole movie. Like he's shredded as hell. And they're just like, you fat pig, you disgusting fat guy. <laughs> and it's like, oh, come on.
0: Oh boy. Yep. Um, but yeah, this gets this gets De Niro his second Oscar. Uh mm-hmm. so yeah, Raging Bull, I think is a lock. That's our third lock. Uh, so wonderful. Um, then we move to a movie that you wanted to get to, but you didn't get to, uh, The King of Comedy, 1982. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the other movie that kind of gets the Joker comparisons, kind of yeah. a mix of the two. And I I hate that I keep bringing that up because I need to get that out of my vernacular (laughs) because like just accept that the movie is is good on its own and don't associate it with Joker. But uh, this is wonderful. This is one of my sneaky favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, The the De Niro is just like tremendous. And obviously the movie had really, I think tremendous foresight on, um, you know, what our society and what our idea of celebrity would become. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I should mention it's about, this aspiring comic with an all-time movie character name, Rupert Pupkin. Tremendous. (laughs) Uh, He attempts to achieve success in showbiz by stalking his idol, played by Jerry Lewis, which is awesome. Um, And he stalks this late night talk show host who kind of craves his own privacy. And then I don't want to spoil the movie, but um, it's interesting the comparisons to Joker because Joker kind of gets his shot. And he's like, he sucks at it. But it's really interesting because in The King of Comedy, Rupert's actually kind of good when he gets to the 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 peak. Yeah, which is definitely a a shift in the in the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I I guess a narrative on like even forty years later, how quote easy it could be to become a viral sensation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a lot of foresight then, and is is really um prescient now so this is a fun one i'd like to at least consider it as a maybe sure yeah because it's just a lot of fun kind of scorsese doing like comedy in in a sense but there's another comedy the next movie actually which i also want to put in as a maybe um but king of comedy i'm putting in the maybes for now and then in 1985 was a movie that i watched for the first time this week called after hours Mm -hmm. and this is so fun. It's like a one crazy night, anxiety, adrenaline rush of like absolutely ridiculous proportions. And it's about this guy, Griffin Dunn is the star. It's like a, a, a full ensemble, not really any names you would know. Cheech and Chong are in this, which is fun. <laughs> um, it's just like this. this word processor has the worst night and he agrees to visit a girl in a Soho apartment that he met that evening at a coffee shop and things just transpire in such crazy extent. Um, if for the Ted Lasso fans out there, there's a coach beard episode where he, it's like a bottle episode where he does some crazy shenanigans. And this is the homage to after hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is really fun and really different, really dark comedy. And you can tell like now, when you see these movies and you look at like what the Safty brothers are doing, for example, you can mm-hmm. tell the clear inspiration is here. Yeah. So I would like to put this in the maybes as well. For sure. Yeah. Um, I don't feel confident in locking any of these kind of lesser known ones yet, but um, I want to put it in the maybes for sure. So um, next is an interesting one. 1986, The Color of Money, which is a sequel to The Hustler that happened like, 20 years prior which is like Paul Newman playing Mm -hmm. this this pool shark this hustler and he's working with Tom Cruise he's working with Paul Newman he gets Paul Newman as Oscar and really cool like another if you count pool as a sports movie another sports (laughs) movie there's some really cool billiard shots and like really cool like you can tell that Tom Cruise did like in a one take, like make all these pool balls and like, and his hair is ridiculous in this movie. It's awesome. Um, It's a really fun one. And again, kind of the idea of a guy who was like at the top of his game and is like a loser. Like Paul Newman's character is like grappling with the fact that he's like a failed pool player. And this Mm -hmm. hotshot Tom Cruise kid is like trying to upend him. So it's a really cool movie. I like it a lot. I'm going to put a lot of maybes in Jackson, just so you know, <laughs> that's fine. Um, but color of money, I think is worth a conversation if we get down the line, but a really fun, really fun movie. So, and I, and you know, my love for Paul Newman, so color of money, one that I think can be firmly in the no is 1988 last temptation of Christ. Okay. Um, it's like, I don't know. Willem Dafoe is Jesus. Um, which is awesome.
1: It's insane. I love that,
0: <laughs> which is just tremendous. Um Harvey Keitel is Judas, which is is quite a a decision. um but yeah, it's kind of about the 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 last days of 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 Christ and and what would transpire there. but it's kind of him planting the ideas of his fascination with like really verbatim like the 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 guilt, the the, mm-hmm. the religious guilt and his kind of take on the religious aspects that I think he like fine tunes better. Going forward. And I think he actually wants to make another movie about Jesus. I've heard that rumor. So we'll see if that happens again. I don't know, but uh, Mm. I think it's, I think this one's probably a no, but Willem Dafoe as Jesus is like just such a strong choice. I love that. So last temptation of Christ Um, before we get to Goodfellas, which is 1990 um, there is a little like Kurt, in 1989, called New York Stories, he's one of three filmmakers that kind of contribute to like kind of a package film uh, about like there's three different New York stories. He directs one of them. The other two are Francis Ford Coppola and Woody Allen. Hmm. Um, Weird. Should we do a Woody Allen episode? Probably No. Not. Uh, probably, probably not. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so yeah, I, I can't put this in the Hall of Fame just because it's not his. It's just a part of one. We did the same thing with Spielberg when we had, he had the Twilight Zone movie, so um, yeah, I think that's just an asterisk. Get rid of it. Um, okay, 1990, Goodfellas. You watched this this week? Um yeah. Probably the movie that people think of when they think of Scorsese. Probably, I think the one he'll probably be most remembered for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what were your what were your thoughts on it? You you like Joe Pesci, but not as much as Raging Bull. So
1: I like Joe Pesci in it. He's really scary in it. This is the first one of the. I think I think I started with this one and kind of went into the other ones. Definitely. Um so yeah, this was like a really cool ensemble. It's told over like 30 years I think, which is really neat. Yeah. And uh Ray Liotta is so charming in this. RIP. Um yep. really King. fun. Yes, Rest in peace. Uh he looked <laughs> he looked so much like Elvis during the movie <laughs> like his eye i don't know there's something about his eyes that are that are crazy austin um,
0: butler and the goodfellas remake
1: yeah like yeah exactly <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah he's really fun i feel like de niro's like playing a much more background like not really like a huge character like he is but like it's he's funny not doing nearly like, as much
0: in the poster he's like in the center of the poster yeah which is, which mm-hmm. is interesting but yeah but but yeah also needs to be noted that Joe Pesci did this and Home Alone in the same year. Just need to put that That's Awesome. So, just what a year for That's him. That's really cool. Gets the That's Oscar. Really cool. Um, but but yeah, this is kind of him putting all the pieces together, like mm-hmm. the crime odyssey over over years, which he re- returns to time and time again that he he loves so much. And mm-hmm. story of Henry Hill, this uh, Irish Brooklyn kid and yeah yeah. he
1: loves stories of irish gangsters like
0: and he's italian like yeah (laughs) it's
2: it's like yeah
1: i think it happens in like this one and definitely gangs of new york and definitely the the irishman yeah (laughs) and probably some others
0: yeah It's it's interesting it is it is certainly interesting his fascination with it where he doesn't turn to like uh you know, the, the, the Italian mobster, which is, mm-hmm. you think would be more up his, up his speed. But, but yeah, uh, I, this is, I, this will, will be the one that's probably the first on his obituary. Probably I would say mm-hmm. totally loses totally. Uh, controversially loses the Oscar this year to dances with wolves, which was a mm. choice. Um, But yeah, this was like, I think people would probably say like, man, this was his magnum opus and then not realize that he had 40 more years of, of movie yeah. making under his belt. So I think unequivocally it goes in the hall of fame. Oh,
1: 100%, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, tremendous stuff. My favorite scene is uh and obviously there's the famous like Copacabana one track scene like that kind of shows the whole club and all the fun mm-hmm. that's going on coming in the that, back door. Yeah,
1: that is the like narrated montage of everybody. Yeah. Uh, he does it best in this one and it that is definitely like one of the best scenes of the whole movie. Oh, yeah. And He's seeing Ray cooking. Liotta at the end like all like coked up and just so paranoid and everyone's watching the skies. And <laughs> oh, and then that girl at the end who calls from their home phone, oh, uh, it pisses me off so much, but you know, it is what it is.
0: Aaron, why'd you do that? When she flushes the Coke, great stuff. <laughs> so uh, good. Tremendous stuff. Uh, yeah. Good fellows in the hall of fame. Uh, the next year, 1991 Cape fear. Uh, some more De Niro action. This is a, a, a remake of uh, I think a 1961 film uh, called of the same name, which I've also seen. Um, and this is kind of like, there's this, um, there's this attorney that kind of puts De Niro, the attorney played by Nick Nolte puts De Niro in prison for a lot of years. And he's like this psychotic, like Bible quoting. He's like a, uh, he's convicted of rape. And then mm-hmm. he gets, he gets out. And he's is stalking the attorney's family. And it's really like kind of spine tingling movie. Um, but it's a really fun uh, De Niro performance. Uh, I think he might get gets nominated. Um, but yeah, the remake, it's cool because the remake stars Gregory Peck and Robert Mitchum. And they come back in this movie and like play different roles. But they're like in this movie, which is cool. So like Scorsese kind of honoring the old Hollywood in the new. I don't think it's in, but it's really cool to see Scorsese do like a a thriller Mm -hmm. per se, which is fun. So uh, honorable mention, though, Cape Fear is is a banger. Check that out. Um, 1993, The Age of Innocence, which is a really weird shift because it's like a costume drama. Um, And it's interesting. It's like about it's Daniel Day Lewis. So his first time working with, with DDL. Mm-hmm. Uh Michelle Pfeiffer it takes place in like the 19th century. But guess where? New York, obviously. Uh High Society. This Daniel Day Lewis character falls in love with this woman who's separated from her husband, but he's also engaged to the woman's cousin. Whoa. So it's um I don't know. It's such a weird shift for Scorsese, but it's still like a really well-made movie, and you can definitely notice the craft in it. But I don't think for our hall of fame that it, it probably is is there but it's important to note that this is like the first daniel day lewis kind of partnership that they have which would come down the line a little later so uh honorable mention the age of innocence uh then we have casino which a lot of people are fond, very fond of 1995 which is kind of has the feelings of goodfellas um it's kind of about you know the mobster scene in, in the early seventies Vegas. Um, so it's kind of like, it's another like kind of decade spanning movie um, about it. Joe Pesci's back. Sharon Stone's here. Jimmy Woods, anybody, everyone's James favorite Woods uh, Don Rickles is there a lot, a lot of fun, a lot of fun characters in there, but um, yeah, gangsters, but the world of early Vegas, I would just put it probably in the, maybe i probably, okay. um, but yeah i don't know like i always think of goodfellas as doing it this the best but it's clearly a different story but kind of in the the world of vegas which is fun mm-hmm. so um one i watched yesterday 1997 kundun had never ever <laughs> had this movie on my radar but um it's the story of the Dalai lama fleeing tibet oh
2: interesting um,
0: roger Deacon shot it so it's gorgeous Ooh. Um, I think it's their only collab Roger Deakins and Scorsese. Um, I think it was nominated for cinematography maybe, but it's, it's interesting because it's Scorsese kind of dipping his toe into something again, the religious guilt again, coming back up, but different religion, not Catholicism, Mm -hmm. but kind of dipping his toe and also telling a story of a different race, um, which will come this year in killers of the Flower moon, which we've seen, um, I don't think it's in the Hall of Fame, but it it should be worth mentioning that it is a pretty impressive feat of, of filmmaking. So Kundun is there,
1: and just like stepping out of your comfort zone, it seems totally like, like it, totally. he was really in his his bag with some of the mobster stuff.
0: Yeah, it feels like in the '90s he was like, "Let me try this." Like he mm-hmm. would do, he went to do a costume drama. You know, he went to do uh, this movie. So yeah, and then uh, the next movie is his reunion with Paul Schrader. Uh, who wrote Taxi Driver? Bringing Out the Dead in 1999, and this one is really weird. Um, Nick
1: Cage is in this. What? It's it's Nick Whoa. Cage.
0: That's why it's weird. Um, it's the cast is crazy. It's a Patricia really Arquette, fun. John
1: Goodman, Vi yeah. James what? That's Tom cool. Sizemore.
0: Man. Like, it's a really cool ensemble, and it's like kind of a one crazy night. But I think it's technically like two or three nights, two or three mm-hmm. days. Uh, It's just about Nicholas cage plays this ambulance driver and he's really burnt out. And he gets like visions and existential crises about like failing to save people. How do we like, he's brings people back from the dead, but like, what right do I have to bring these people back from the dead? It's like, it's, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, He like is trying to get, he tries to get fired. Like he calls in sick and all these things. He like, And but he like cannot quit the job on his own, and it's like this it's it's really interesting. Um, I wouldn't say it's a Hall of Fame worthy, but Mm -hmm. definitely of note to uh to say that it's a his reunion with Paul Schrader, which is a a fun, a fun reunion. So then we're kind of into uh maybe movies that more people would would at least know about. Mm -hmm. Um, which one you watched for the first time, I think two weeks ago, Gangs of New York.
2: yeah
1: for the leo episode 2002 weird uh it definitely tries to do that montage of gangs Mm -hmm. uh that they did in goodfellas and it is not nearly as cool (laughs) it is so (laughs) goofy um but yeah daniel day lewis is amazing as bill the butcher Mm -hmm. um and DiCaprio is great too. It, it's it's a good ensemble, and this is, I think, the first time you get one. Is John C. Riley his is this his first appearance? It is, yeah. First yeah. Scorsese, which is first collab,
0: first collab with Leo, obviously. And what about um, Liam
1: Neeson? Is that his first appearance? Uh, well? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like Liam Neeson in a in a Scorsese. I think he needs to to do more of those personally, but um, and Brendan gleason who is great too, um.
0: Yeah, it seems like Liam Neeson has kind of lost the the narrative in the past couple of years. He just oh, does really? like direct to video like action movies oh, that bummer. are just like really poor. Like he's definitely taken the Taken pun intended mm-hmm. and just like run run with that for like fifteen years. But but I agree. Henry Thomas is in this, which I didn't remember. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Lil Elliot from E.T. is in this. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, lots of fun. Lots of fun people. What what do you think? Hall of Fame or on the outside looking in?
1: Uh, this is definitely a maybe I don't think it's like 100% it's so weird the intro if you have no idea what you're watching the intro is the silliest movie you can watch <laughs> it is a bunch of like presumably Viking priests getting ready for war and then it like pans out it's like New York City <laughs> it's oh, so, yeah, so interesting
0: yeah I think the big takeaway of the movie is just Daniel Day-Lewis probably um, who is just on fire yeah. as Bill the Butcher, and I think that's and, all it might be remembered. And it kind for. of
1: introduces the uh, idea of Leo infiltrating like a, a crime organization to get True. revenge or to honor something, and like him trying to keep the secret. And, like, definitely, kind of an interesting uh, recurring. plot. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's definitely... funny. Like,
0: yeah, you keep seeing like he's Scorsese, he's trying it, and then like a couple years later, like two He'll or three try years later, again. he get, but then he like nails it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I think that comes time and time again. So but to to say like even when he's trying things, it still turns out pretty good. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um second collab with Leo two years later in The Aviator. Um, kind of his first movie about movie making and like old Hollywood in a way. Um, following like Howard Hughes and and his film career, and then him like, you know, his interest in like flight and all this, all the way down to like him going into insanity. Um, Kate Blanchett wins the Oscar for this, obviously. Uh, it's a really good movie. I really like it. I think it's also a, maybe we're going to have a lot of maybes to sift through, (laughs) but I think it's also kind of on the outside looking in, in terms of like this century Scorsese. I don't think this would be one that people would be like, Oh, the aviator, Mm -hmm. even though it's a pretty solid flick and Leo's also great in it and maybe should have won an Oscar this year too. I don't know who took it from him, but, uh, yeah um next i think unquestionably 2006 the departed um finally gives scorsese the recognition from the academy at least that he's deserved wins best director best picture gets all the accolades uh this award season and i think it unequivocally goes in you watched it for the first time recently i haven't revisited it probably in a year but it's one really? i've watched a lot um so yeah what are your thoughts on departed it's obviously in it's number five and in the, in the super
1: thing. fun uh, one of the most, I I put it up there for one of the, like, most shocking endings of a movie. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, Corbin mentioned this last week, but, like, the one little Scorsese nitpick is, like, the shot of, like, the rat, the rat. on the balcony is, like, a little bit too much. Um, But, yeah. What can you do? <laughs> he tries. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like he tries to do, like, symbolism, and then it's so just, like, in your face, like... Punching you in the face. I don't know. It,
0: it... There are times where it's not as not as subtle. This being yeah. the probably the most famous example. Um, <laughs> another Irish mafia story. Once again, mm-hmm. um, very fun. Um, lots of Boston accents. Um, yeah, this definitely this definitely goes in. One of the great thrillers of the two thousands for sure. So this is in um, two thousand ten. Shutter Island. Uh, which you mentioned was kind of your one of your three entries into yeah. Scorsese. Um what do you think about Shutter Island? Is it is it a maybe? Is it in? I don't know. What this, do
1: you is, think? this is an interesting one because this is one that Scorsese doesn't really like. Yeah. Um, which he's not really big
0: on this, which I think is
1: crazy because I think this good. is a really fun movie. It's uh so good. It, and it's definitely more of like a psychological thriller kind of genre for him which is
2: Mm -hmm.
1: kind of a i mean he does thrillers i guess like through the crime genre and stuff but like this is like a little bit different
2: this
0: is like uh, noir too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so but yeah i hate that it's he's like the. maybe i would have skipped that one like oh man
1: and you know it's interesting because it's like you know how you said like the noir like he'll try something in a movie before and then knock it out. i feel like if shutter island and the departed were switched that would make a lot more sense to Mm. me yeah, for him, it does feel kind of like a step back, uh, just in his filmography. There,
0: it is weird because it's. I do, I do like it. It's four years after the departed. It's like the first mm-hmm. thing he does after he wins the Oscar. I mean, I there. Are, I think over those four years, there's a scattering or a spattering of uh of documentaries and things like that. But mm-hmm. just interesting that that's his first feature film back. Obviously working with Leo again. Um, yeah. It, yeah, this is
1: one of the better Mark Ruffalo performances too. Uh, I feel like he's putting in some sort of effort for this. Yes.
0: I feel like we're going to see some effort from him in poor things, which I'm looking forward to. I hope so. As a caveat. I really hope so. Um, what do you think? Uh, is it a maybe?
1: I think this is a strong maybe. Like strong I would maybe. probably put this on, but. We'll
0: we'll go to bat for it. I mean, yeah. I think we're going to get down to it and have like three open slots or four cool. open slots because we've given so many maybes. So good stuff. Um. So do you remember Hugo Fondly Jackson from 2011 or. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's
1: advertised as a kids movie, and it's not like inappropriate or gory or anything like that. It's just boring. Like I don't think it's like meant for kids to watch. And I'm pretty sure I went with friends, and there was no adults. Like we were just there, and like ugh. yeah,
0: it's like um, I don't know. Him and like Spielberg were at this time were like, yeah, I'm gonna make the the BFG, and like, yeah, but <laughs> but why? Like I don't know. It's like it's funny. At least the BFG
1: back. like has some more. I could understand why a kid would be more inclined to watch that movie over this movie. You know? I can
0: understand why Spielberg's interested in it too, his yeah. childlike wonder and things like that. Um but yeah, this one's so different. I think Scorsese has said this is the most beautifully shot movie he's made. I think he looks back on this one pretty fondly. Um it like doesn't look it doesn't look real. Like
1: <laughs> yeah, it it has a very like, strange artificial touch to it.
0: Yeah, maybe it hasn't aged well because like a lot of it looks AI, even though I know it's not AI. It's it's in that weird twenty tens that...
1: era yeah. of filmmaking where like the special effects all have like Uncanny I, I don't Valley. Think
0: that... It's yeah, because not it's... even like but like the same feel. I don't know. I can't it, it to feels very
1: dated for sure. Yeah. Like it's it's a style that you don't really see uh yeah. past this
0: <laughs> this part of the 2010s. But it's weird, like he's Sasha Baron Cohen, Asa Butterfield, mm-hmm. like
1: Ben Kingsley Ben
0: Kingsley, like really weird. But yeah, it just looks different than anything he ever has did or has done since. So mm-hmm. it was definitely a curveball. But again, it's I mean, when when you really dig into it, it's another movie about movie making, really. And like the third act of the movie, really, when it yeah. gets to the like the trip to the moon stuff. Which I was going to say this is where
1: I learned about the trip to the moon Uh, probably was for me which is cool yeah um i think that is a cool way to get people into uh filmmaking and like the idea of filmmaking for children um but also at the time i don't think i was like oh this is a real thing that like they incorporated into the movie like i don't know if i knew that or Mm -hmm. if i just thought like oh they made this movie for hugo
0: to put yeah (laughs) i mean yeah we've 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 come a long way haven't we yeah um
1: maybe i need to rewatch this because it maybe i do too I, I was 13 to be fair but i don't, I don't, think don't I've remember seen loving it.
0: it i don't think i see i mean i mean i maybe watched it in like covid so i mm-hmm. don't know it's just like it looks really not of this world where like most of his movies are kind of pretty down or grounded like in reality mm-hmm. which is why i think it was just kind of a leap for me but yeah i think it's uh gonna be a no for us which is yeah. fine um <laughs> 2013 the Wolf of Wall Street. This feels a crazy like...
1: back to back. By the way, like going from <laughs> Hugo, Hugo to Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street is pretty insane.
0: I feel like um, again another comedy, hilarious film, but another film. I mean, you'll find this a lot with Scorsese movies, movies that the film bros will tag on and take the wrong messages from, mm-hmm. which is maybe the power of Scorsese to begin with. I don't know that like he's trying to tell you one thing, but people misinterpret it as another. Mm-hmm. But there's so I don't know, but. Leo's best performance I think of his career. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think I think it's probably in if I oh, have it was making the Hall of Fame. Um
1: Do you so do you think this ranks for the for the character, right, of Jordan Belford? Uh-huh. Is this like higher or lower of like a worse, like do people like gravitate towards him more than than uh, Travis in, Bickle? In, yeah, and Taxi Driver, yeah.
0: I think just because it's more modern and I think more That's pretty fair attainable and more, a more public facing persona that we hear more about people that want to be Jordan Belfort. I think the people mm-hmm. that want to be Travis Bickle, you don't hear a lot about perhaps because maybe um, yeah, that's fair because maybe I, they, yeah, the
1: modern o- audiences aren't going towards him. They're going towards the Joker instead yeah, just because it's I, more
0: contemporary. I think so. Um, totally. And the, they're watching taxi driver and they're like, what the, they took this from the Joker? Like, okay, oh, God. <laughs> um. Yeah. I feel like Jordan Belfort. I mean, there's a song about him. Um, and I just, yeah, I think he's just still in the zeitgeist and people still, uh, in the wall street nature of things still look to him as kind of a, a beacon, but yeah, I think it's in Wolf of Wall Street. Um, the real guy sucks. He's into NFTs and he's a loser. Yeah. Yeah. Leo. Cool guy. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I don't know about that. (laughs) Oof, uh anywho it's funny because Leo (laughs) always chooses to play like these broken fragile men who are forward facing strong men fun stuff
1: um yeah that's definitely something to uh break down with this therapist
0: unpack (laughs) I hope his therapist is older than 25 uh and a man okay um you watched this right before we got on I have not heard your thoughts or read your thoughts about it Mm. silence 2016 um what were your thoughts on this movie? This is so good. Yes. This, this
1: movie is awesome. Uh, yes. It's the only Scorsese movie I gave a five stars to. Let's I, go. Because, and there are two moments that I do think are kind of ridiculous. Sure. One being where, first of all, I do want to say, Andrew Gar, this is his best performance. Andrew Garfield is amazing in this movie. Um, yeah, I he car-
0: carries the movie. And yeah. he's so
1: good at this. Puts the, put the
0: movie on his shoulders for like three hours. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The the scene of him like in the river, like drinking the water and then like his face in the water merges with like a photo of Jesus Christ.
2: Little Mufasa. It's
0: so
1: insane. <laughs> it is so, so bad. But the whole movie is so good that like I'm okay with that one part. And then there's like another part and I don't, I, I need to think on this more because I literally just finished it. Mm-hmm. I need to, the moment where he has to denounce his religion mm-hmm. to save these people, which yeah. is a beautiful moment. And I think no matter what your religion is, I think you can be, you can really be moved by, moved by that, by this movie. Totally. Um, especially because they really, really put in the work to show like the road, the long and painful road that took to this moment. Totally. Um, and yeah, like I'm not like a super religious guy, but like the way that this movie is is written, like it's so easy to empathize and be put into their shoes and stuff. Totally. But right before he's about to step, it goes completely silent. I thought that was really cool, mm-hmm. and Sound then design. like the voice of God is like spoken to him, and I don't know if I like that or hate that. I think I'm more towards the hate that, <laughs> um, which kind of sucks. I don't know. It's... D-
0: yeah um so this is like kind of a passion project of scorsese Mm -hmm. i would i would definitely describe as it didn't get like the big theatrical push per se in 2016 um i guess we didn't have anyone mentioned it's about um these two jesuit priests um andrew garfield and adam driver killer combo Gainy
1: adam driver too that dude is like adam driver
0: uh they traveled to japan which is like i don't it's i don't know the age range but like
1: it's like the 1640s, 16, yeah, through the
0: 50s, where like Catholicism is banned throughout mm-hmm. Japan, and they're just trying to go and and find uh, the Liam Neeson character, uh, mm-hmm. kind of this priest, this that is kind of kind of trained them in the priesthood. Um, it's just a gorgeous movie. Um, again, I mean, he's like we talk about Last Temptation of Christ and like and Kundun, and like I think mm-hmm. this is where all everything is firing on all cylinders in terms of the religious guilt. Mm-hmm. and definitely feel it and it's just such a beautiful movie and and like you said like i'm not a terribly religious person either but you walk away from this movie and you're like maybe i should try that out i don't know <laughs> it's just like
1: it's such a character driven story in mm-hmm. a way that his cuz like all of his other character driven stories are about like these awful terrible people mm-hmm. and this is about a guy who's just broken over time yeah, and it's just but like in like a different way that I find to be way more interesting to watch. And also, I do think this movie is the most beautifully shot movie. Uh, out oh, it's of his entire filmography. It is gorgeous. so beautiful. And granted, like whenever you're filming in, you know, a feudal Japan versus yeah. like like if that's like your setting, obviously, it's going to be a little more cine- like cinematic than like
0: the streets New of New York. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I loved this movie. I thought it was so good.
0: Yeah, just the pretty dark movie but also so full of hope like the crumbling emptiness felt when mm-hmm. you just no answers given and and Blah. the
1: ending is so bleak but also so hopeful in a way too yeah that is kind of nice
0: yeah mm-hmm. it's good stuff i mean i need to go rewatch it but it is it's really good it's, it's like, long but yes, it's great but i think that's also a good testament to killers of the flower moon too like mm-hmm. just because these movies are long doesn't mean that it should be a barrier to entry for you yeah. to go see them just a Another caveat for my boy, Marty. Um, all that said, Jackson Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. Let's go. 100%.
0: This would be one that like you wouldn't find on people's normal Hall of Fame. No. But I think it's really a like a culmination of like all the things he's cared about for years that he just gets in such a beautifully and intimate movie. That's like a three yeah. hour epic. So
1: I it's I'm crazy it. when looking when doing research for this episode of like what to check out. Yeah. This wasn't even one that was recommended. Like I really? like I had to like I went to your list like coincidentally mm-hmm. just to see like what like if you've seen a lot of them and, yeah. and that one was pretty high up there and I remembered because I think I worked at AMC at the time that this came out or was being advertised. Mm-hmm. um, And so like I was like oh I, I'm pretty familiar with this and I saw you gave it a good review and I was like okay I got to check this out and yeah. I was immediately hooked and oh my god it's crazy.
0: Yeah definitely in my top my my top five
1: Scorsese mm-hmm. of the totally. like,
0: I I haven't seen all his movies, but I I think I've seen everything except like Who's That Knocking at My Door. I've seen so, mm-hmm. it's definitely up there in terms of the full filmography. So I'm happy to put it in the Hall of Fame. Let's I love that. Um, another one you checked out this week, uh, The Irishman, 2019. Um, thoughts on this? I loved your review of it. I thought it was hilarious.
1: Yeah, this movie uh on the contrary is about the same length if not longer and it feels like an eternity you to say true yeah um this one wasn't for me i don't know like i like i think i'm barely interested in uh the crime thriller gangster movie anyways and mm-hmm. so seeing de niro kind of do a less interesting version of what we've seen him be like as what we've seen him do yeah mixed with the fact that like they're de aging and like I don't think it looks bad, but I think the movements are so stiff and noticeable mm-hmm. that it kind of takes me out of the movie. Fair. Um, totally fair. And yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Hoffa sounds exactly like Adam Sandler the whole time. <laughs> and that's insane.
0: Oh, man. I, yeah, I, I agree <laughs> with you. Um, I think movies, I don't know what it is. I think movies feel longer as a, like when you're not watching them in the theater. I, I don't know what that is, but like when you're just sitting at home and watching it and you're like on your you can be on your phone, you're like, man, this is yeah. still going, you know. Um I I agree. I, I think it's I think it's still very good. And I think it's a movie about like his first one like coming to terms with with one's age. I think the ending is yeah. pretty pretty spine chilling when it when it comes to that and him like coming to terms with that. So I think that's definitely a a, a narrative there. But in terms of like late period Scorsese. I'm more inclined to put silence and even killers of the flower moon in over, mm-hmm. over the Irishman. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we got a lot of De Niro on the list, you know? So, I mean, De Niro's in killers of the flower moon too, but I mean, just as the lead, it's, yeah. weird. it's his first, it's weird when you think about like, it's the first time he worked with Al Pacino. Like it's weird to think. That about. is
1: interesting. And I didn't even notice it was Al Pacino until after I checked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that de-aging man. man. It's Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jay Pesci you know, comes back after yeah. he did uh the what is the oh what is that twin movie with Adam Sandler Jack and he, Jill Jack and Jill <laughs> after that maybe that's where he picked up on the uh the old Adam Sandler, old Sandler.
0: <laughs> couldn't shake him trying to get with the kids love it <laughs> uh yeah I'm fine leaving it out that's that's okay yeah. with me because I think we have a lot of like late stage uh, Scorsese and I I want to make the case to put Killers of the Flower Moon in um I'm all ears yeah because so I saw this on Saturday, and it kind mm-hmm. of blew me away. Uh, three and a half hour narrative of just kind of the evil white men in this country taking advantage of the the Osage Nation and the land mm-hmm. that they settled that happened to have oil on it. Um, such deep respect for the Osage people in this movie, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was treated with such care and precision, even still coming from the perspective of Scorsese. You know, this white man mm-hmm. directing the movie. And obviously, changed the script a good deal. I don't, the the book is more so from the perspective of like the FBI side of it. Mm. Um, so it's kind of they did a rewrite of it to kind of focus more on Leo's character and his relationship uh, with the Osage people and his relationship with Lily Gladstone's character, who should win the Oscar. You think so? Um, she was outstanding. It's one of those performances that isn't in your face, but mm-hmm. just like so steady throughout. And it's kind of the heartbeat of the movie, I think. Um, and I think the cool thing about this movie is that it's really like a villain facing movie. Like at no point do you think there's any like blurred line of the, the main characters of the movie and how evil they are.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like, you're kind of in their shoes the whole way. And it's really interesting. Like Robert De Niro is basically playing the devil. It's awesome. It's great stuff. And Lauren didn't lean over to me and ask if that was the old man from up. I told her, no,
2: um,
0: <laughs> treme- tremendous, stuff. Um, but yeah, Leo's playing like just this really dumb character also. And it's just a really, just a really great movie telling like the evils that mm-hmm. white men can do in this country. And I think it's again, a good acknowledgement of Scorsese all this time later. Like if this was his final movie, it would just be a, a great little bow. I think, Mm -hmm. but I think he's still kicking and still wants to go. But I think I am inclined to put it in the hall of fame.
1: Cool. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard people say it would have been kind of interesting to have more of a like Osage perspective, like, like, like have like them be like the entry point characters. Um, Mm. But I haven't seen it. So obviously like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I'll be interested to hear your take when you see it, because I feel like having that thought in mind even makes, makes the movie even more compelling. Mm Because it's like, oh, we're not because from the perspective of these white people, you're not getting the full scope, which is kind of cool. Like you do get a lot. Obviously, Lily Gladstone is is great, but there's such little details, attention paid to like to really honor the culture of that people. And it's really, really profound. And definitely like Scorsese still got some tricks, man. It's great. So
1: is this the second Jesse Plemons Scorsese pairing? Because
0: he was an uh, Irishman. Yes, I think it is. In fact, I read a stat the other day of like, this is kind of a little tangent, but like of the past, like decade, Jesse Plemons has starred in like eight Oscar nominated best Mm -hmm. picture movies. Like, so shout out Jesse Plemons. If you want to get nominated for a best picture, put that guy in your movie, I guess. So he's amazing. And and surely this year as well, killers will be nominated. I don't know if it'll win. I still think Oppenheimer's kind of leading the pack if you asked me, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah. yeah. Um okay so we have two empty spots to f- put our maybes in Jackson but as of right now we have The Last Waltz, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, The Departed, The Wolf of Wall Street, Silence and Killers of the Flower Moon. Um our maybes we have I'm going to cross off Mean Streets since we you said no to that early and I think mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to going to make it. Um Alice doesn't live here anymore. Gonna cross that off too. Um, King of Comedy, <laughs> <laughs> After Hours, Color of Money, Casino, Gangs of New York, The Aviator, and Shutter Island. Two spots to fill. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven maybes. Um, I definitely I we, like
1: your your pitch for after hours makes me really want to watch it. It's like really bad.
0: It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cross off gangs of new York. And yeah. I'm also gonna cross off casino because I think it's iterative, iterative of what we have mm-hmm. in already, if we're gonna try to create a good hall of fame. I'm also gonna cross off the the aviator, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. And the color of money. I'm also gonna cross off, which leaves us with King of Comedy After Hours and Shutter Island. Three movies. So we can only pick two for two. And then you know what's probably gonna happen. This happened with Spielberg. We'll put a, a drinking fountain in the Hall of Fame. The honorary, <laughs> the honorary Adventures of Tintin drinking fountain. Um, um so what do you think? Um, I'm I'm happy to put After Hours in. It's so fun, such a fun. Movie.
1: I feel like yeah, is After Hours like the black sheep, or is or is uh, I, I mean, Shutter I, Island the black sheep?
0: I don't know. Uh, so are we saying that King of Comedy probably? Deserves a spot in there. Does, then. I don't for like, talking black sheep.
1: Do you think the King of Comedy is the better out of
0: those three movies? Um man, that is so tough. Cause they're both kind of like <laughs> right in the same level in my brain.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um King of Comedy and after hours are pretty I mean, in terms of what they're doing, I think we need one or the other. If I have think- to Pick. i think if you're doing
1: i think i th- i'm leaning after hours just because i feel like that is something i've always seen around to like through letterbox and people seem to really mm. like it yeah um
0: yeah Let's I see think that. I'm leaning towards that and then you want our black sheep to be shutter, shutter island, island? Is i love our, is, it is it's our good. black sheep silence should i float that yes up
1: but that's like objectively i think the best movie out of his stuff um yeah which is obviously super biased but
0: what? what can you do? But
1: yeah.
0: Um. Okay. I'm happy to put Shutter Island on there.
1: Yeah. I, yeah.
0: Okay. Wonderful. Silence so, is
1: the black sheep, though, for sure.
0: For sure. I think. Yeah. I just think Shutter Island is one that has just like stood the. Mm-hmm. I think it deserves to be in the Hall of Fame just because Scorsese's like yeah I don't know, whatever. Like even <laughs> even his whatever's or Hall of Fame worthy. So I yeah. think that's a good. There I twisted the narrative to make it not a black sheep. How about that? Um, there we go. Wonderful. So with that. We have 1979, The Last Waltz, 1976, Taxi Driver, 1980, Raging Bull, 1990, Goodfellas, 2006, The Departed, 2013, Wolf of Wall Street, 2016, Silence, 2023, Killers of the Flower Moon, 1985, After Hours, and 2010, Shutter Island. How do you feel about that? Feel good? I'm feeling great about that. I think that's a great list. I think it's very diverse. Uh, And I think obviously to our eccentricities of being younger, I think there's more in the latter half of his career, which is Mm -hmm. a strong proponent for Scorsese and also our age. Um, And yeah, I think that's great. I think that's a good list. describes us. So wonderful. Um, That's great. That's actually kind of close to my, I kind of made my personal hall of fame going in and that's pretty dang close. So I'm very happy. So Wonderful. Um, any final comments on Scorsese before we get into what's in the box
1: I like him I, I need to check more stuff out I think I've uh,
0: gained a new appreciation in this episode just tapped the surface per sure. se
1: let's go watch it's crazy because it's it's been so yeah exactly <laughs> Um, I am kind of excited to take a break from these oh, they long can be, long movies yeah, they're they great they're really objectively good they weren't um, meant
0: to be watched like. No, one my after brain the other. is
1: <laughs> my brain is becoming like calcified right now. I need I need some some reality TV or something. Oh, I don't know, yeah. which is weird because I never really want that.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go watch some Survivor. Go watch yeah. some some SpongeBob. <laughs> something like that. Wonderful um let's move on to what's in the box uh, what's in the box? and we got a few reviews just to some mm-hmm. scorsese movies from letterboxd that we like or enjoy uh jackson you want to you want to kick us off or you want me to, to start us off
1: i'll give us i'll give you my three first um Beautiful. this is from nakul this is for silence mm-hmm. four and a half stars and it just says godfellas
0: <laughs> that's great i like that that should have been great. the tagline lovely
1: <laughs> uh this is from Brat pacino for hugo they have a crew sticker next to their name which i did not know was something you can oh get. so they so work they, they work for, for the
2: cool
1: um three and a half stars which is probably a fair rating and it says can everyone just do me a solid and agree with me that sasha baron cohen is actually hot <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's a handsome guy I'll, he's a I'll, handsome lad i'll go with him very nice
1: um, and then this one is from Abigail, who's a patron. Uh, this is for the Irishman three and a half stars. And it says, Irishman script be like fade in interior office day, Jimmy Hoffa cocksucker fade out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that does happen, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty close. Uh Wonderful. Uh, I've got one um, from for Raging Bull, five stars. Um, Sean Fennessy of the big picture fame um, podcast. I really enjoy. Uh, what a sunbeam of positivity and hope. Raging Bull. Great stuff. Amazing. Five stars. Um, this is a uh, no stars were given for this, but it's a Gangs of New York review mm-hmm. uh, from Emma Stefanski. And this is how my parents picture NYC during every covid surge. <laughs> great stuff <laughs> and finally for killers of the flower moon four and a half stars from 24 frames of nick uh i hope the person to watch this as tiktok clips gets hit by a car <laughs> strong words that's awesome strong words um jackson you feeling lucky
2: you could ask yourself a question do i feel lucky well do you punk i'm feeling lucky baby
0: Jackson, you've given me so many blind rankings, so I want to do this one for you. Oh no! All right, um, I have seven names I'm going to give you, and these are all multiple Scorsese movie actors. So actors mm, that have been okay. in multiple Scorsese movies. Oh,
1: there's we talked about a lot of them.
0: Talked about a lot of them, and Ooh. so one through seven, I'm gonna I'm gonna list out for you. So you're gonna rank them one through seven as we go. Um, are
1: these their performances in this movie or just my
0: personal opinion on them? Just your personal personal okay. opinion of them. that where, okay. Their career, their performances, wh- where you think they belong in the hierarchy of these actors. So I'll keep track for you okay. as well. Uh, the first one we have, I'll start off strong. We just did an episode on them. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, where do you think on your, your blind rank?
1: Between how many are there? You have seven. One, seven. Through seven. Okay leo dicaprio good guy uh yeah i feel like i gotta put him at three three
0: okay yeah they feel safe very safe i like it been in a lot of movies still a lot to Mm -hmm. go love it uh next we have joe pesci
2: hmm
1: this is tough i I became a Joe Pesci fan watching these movies, I gotta say.
0: Home Alone too. Can't forget Home Alone.
1: He's great in Home Alone. Great range. Ooh, I'll put him I'll put him in. I'll put him in five. I really like him, but I know that there's some high caliber recurring actors.
0: Oh yeah, there's gonna be some there's some big hitters. In fact, uh let me give you one now. Robert De Niro.
1: He's gotta go. <sighs> I think I'm gonna put him at two. Above Leo. Yeah, above Leo. Got it.
0: I like that. I like yeah. that. Okay. Uh, number seven. Oh no, not number seven. Number four. Uh, Willem Dafoe. Ooh,
1: what's the other one he shows up in? He's in. Uh,
0: temptation of the Christ and what? Um, I have forgotten. Mm. <laughs> Maybe he's not. <laughs> Maybe I just wrote him down. <laughs> Maybe he just wanted him in. <laughs> Hey, guys, me again from the future. Uh, Actually, Willem Dafoe does appear in two Martin Scorsese films, uh, The Last Temptation of Christ, of course, and also in The Aviator.
1: Uh, I love Willem Dafoe more than Joe Pesci, so I obviously got to put him in
0: four. I love that. Okay. Willem Dafoe. Next, we have Liam Neeson. Okay.
1: I put Joe Pesci too high, unfortunately. Uh, I'm going to throw Liam Neeson at six.
0: Liam Neeson at six.
1: I don't love that we have a one in seven
0: situation going on, but... You never know. Um, okay. Um, you might be you might be happy with this. I don't know. Um, next, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis.
1: I think I know what you're doing to me, you bastard, and I don't love this. Because I feel like... If I had to guess, I feel like Jesse Plemons is the other guy who's coming next. And I love Jesse Plemons, but Daniel Day Lewis has to go one in this scenario. So I'm going to put him at one. I can't put him at seven. So yeah.
0: Yeah. that's That seems right. Um, number seven. I think you did this right, Jackson. John C. Riley. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> Whew. So John C. Riley. I'm Reilly, glad I didn't. I love the guy too. He's in the lobster
1: right. and he's amazing. He's really weird in Gangs of New York. Yes. Um, great in Step Brothers. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm good with him being at seven.
0: Tremendous. I like um, this. Apologies to Willem Dafoe, who should be in more Scorsese movies. True. Um, but we have uh, your number one, Daniel Day-Lewis. Number two, Robert De Niro. Number three, Leonardo DiCaprio. Number four, Willem Dafoe. Number five, Joe Pesci. Number six, Liam Neeson. And number seven, John C. Riley. That feels pretty good. Yeah. I
1: think that's pretty good.
0: Beautiful stuff. See, you do blind rankings way better than I do. Good job. That's true. <laughs> this, is, this is very true. Fender number one. I'm gonna go rewatch robots. Wonderful. <laughs> uh I'll do a quick fantasy movie update and then we'll get out of here. Um so this week uh was a lot of Scorsese, still some Swifties, um, and some uh some dawn of the nugget action also. Uh, Jeffson first uh, builds his first place lead uh, Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget Premiered at the the British Film Festival I think got some positive reviews uh, Brian rocketed into second Off the back of the Swifties Paris uh, tour is still going strong But I didn't realize that it's only like In theaters on the weekends Which is yeah
1: it's got a weird A release weird release kind of, yeah. kind
0: of thing So um, that dropped David to uh, To third place And Carter to fourth place But Killers of the Flower Moon obviously Came out this week, so I might mm-hmm. bump back above David at the next update. Who's to say? Uh, the rest of the field kind of remains the same. Cody's in fifth, Jackson's in sixth, Matt in seventh, and Corbin in eighth. Um, no new releases on the docket this weekend, unfortunately. So not a lot of movement will go on in that regard. And the rider strike delayed the bike riders this past week, so I don't know if movies are safe yet. Still for the <laughs> the, the yeah. The actor strike is still on. The writer's strike obviously ended, but yeah, this movie was slated for like a November December release, I think. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's safe still. So a few of you guys think...
1: drafted that movie for the Oscar Nom Challenge too that we did over at Cap.
0: Yeah, I did. That's gonna hurt me. Yeah, uh, I think
1: I think Cody did also.
0: Yeah, I think so. So that hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, nothing else gets delayed. I'm praying because there's a lot of movies coming out that I really want to see. So. We'll see what goes on there, but yeah. And with that, Jackson, we're done next week. Um, we're covering back to RCR top 100. We're going, uh, we need some family fr- friendly stuff in our lives after covering a lot of Scorsese. So we're going <laughs> to do uh inside out next week. Woo-hoo. So Getting the Disney grind and the Pixar world. And yes, it's going to be a good one. Feel good. We'll cry. Bing bong. Wonderful. Jackson, where can the people follow us on? Instagram and TikTok. They can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at RoughCut underscore Pod. Oh yeah, and follow us on Twitter slash X for as long as we have it. Until we have to pay for it, uh, we will not be on when we have to pay for it. I'll say that um, at RoughCut underscore Co. And you know when that dies, just follow us on Instagram and TikTok. We'll still be posting. Mm-hmm. So wonderful stuff. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, shout out to Film app once again. And yeah, we'll see you next week for some feelings. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.